Brandon Jacobs Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's do it. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going into 2.30 right here, 98.7 ESPN. The games are underway, so you know we'll keep you posted on all of the action. Uh, but locally, you've got the Giants once again in primetime. Sunday night football against the Bills. Buffalo looking to... You know, get back in the win column after losing in London last week to the Jags. So they'll have a lot of motivation as far as that is concerned. The line right now is 15 points. No Daniel Jones with the Giants. No Andrew Thomas. No Aziz Ojolari. No John Michael Schmidt. So they're dealing with a ton of injuries. But I, I got to be honest. Can I keep it? Can I keep it a stack with you, BJ? Let's do it, man. This is why we're here, right? So this, like, this is getting this is getting tiring, right? Like. So you weren't here for this, but all throughout, like, prior to the baseball season, like, we had the Yankees and the Mets both coming off of 101 years and 101 seasons, made the playoffs, high expectations. They stunk all year long. There was nothing to talk about. So it, it necessitated that we prematurely get into the football preview. We were talking about the Giants coming off of a playoff appearance. We were talking about the Jets adding Aaron Rodgers and the potential for this team to go on a deep run. So far, has not been good. So it's like our, the New York teams keep passing the baton over to other teams that keep fumbling it, and now we're having the same conversation over and over and over. Giants offensive line, Daniel Jones, Jets, Zach Wilson. It's the same thing every single week. So what I'm rooting for tonight, to be honest, I'm rooting for it to get a little spicy. Because if Tyrod Taylor somehow finds a way to, you know, with all that he's up against, hasn't, hasn't made a start in 22 games or 22 months since he's since he started an NFL game. Giants' offensive line is still bad. If he finds a way tonight to have some success, where now all of a sudden Hyatt's on that go route, catching passes, Waller's got a couple of touchdowns, you know, Saquon's back into the mold. If that happens, then all of a sudden, I mean, it gets a little interesting. Gets a little bit more interesting. Uh, a little bit interesting as far as giving the viewers uh, confidence on what could happen. But a good team like Buffalo coming off of a loss – we saw what happened last time the Buffalo Bills lost the game. Them coming off that Josh uh, with the four turnovers. Yep, with the Jets. And it came back and destroyed. He came back and threw for 350, had over 500 yards of offense. That's that. That's the part that always bothered me about a play about playing. I used to look at the game to see who we playing next and look and see if they won or not. Because I'm like, man, play, you know, playing against a team who just won isn't as – Difficult as playing against a team who just lost. Yeah. Obviously, we, we got consistent losers in the NFL now, and nothing is changing. But a good football team like Buffalo, I don't know, man. I, I don't see. I wish Tyrod Taylor can go in there and and pull a rabbit out of the hat, and and you know, and make this thing spicy, and give us something to cheer about. I wish me being a giant guy, you know, I wish that can happen. But a team like Buffalo coming off of a loss, uh, I don't know. And, and to your point, so the, the the Bills, that Monday night football game, they lost to the Jets on a Xavier Gibson walk-off in overtime, a game that they should have won. They had four turnovers, which was just inexcusable considering the Jets just lost their starting quarterback. They followed that up with, you know, 38-10 to win over the Raiders, 37-3 to win over the Commanders, and then a 48-20 to bludgeoning over the Dolphins. And we, we saw them get rolling. But, you know, them losing that game last week against the Jags probably has woken them up a little bit. 
and they see an opportunity where they've got the Giants this week, the Patriots next week, a chance to get back-to-back wins. So I'm with you, man. I, I'm not expecting Tyrod to make it interesting, but I'm rooting for it just because like, we keep recycling the same content, and at some point we need something fresh. And if he can go out there tonight and at least allow us to entertain the conversation that maybe Daniel Jones was more responsible for the struggles than we were led to believe, then we can have something going. Uh, that's all I'm looking at. But as far as you know, their concern, they're 15-point dogs in Buffalo. The Jets, meanwhile, six-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Eagles. And today is all about much of the same. You know, Can we continue to see the improved growth and development of Zach Wilson, who has looked better since that New England Patriots loss, played well against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, Played okay in a win against the Broncos last week. It was all about Brees Hall. They're going to have to find a way to put some points up today because that defense I don't think is going to be as strong without their two cornerbacks. This could be a game where the Jets, you know, find a way to, you know, come away with a victory no one expected. And now you head into a bye week at 3-3 and feeling very optimistic about your playoff chances. Yeah, you know, um... Playoff chances, man. I mean, it. I still, I still think it's it's pretty early, and anything could be turned around. You know, I I, I think the Jets are gonna have a, a earlier off in the season. I didn't really believe this because I knew the struggles of the the, the trenches up front. I knew the 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 uh, the ability of Aaron Rodgers as far as the mo- mobility is concerned in the pocket, not and not as good as it was when he was younger. Um, so I actually had the Jets not making the playoffs with him. I strongly believe that they have an opportunity to make the playoffs now. And people think I'm crazy when I say when I say what I say. They think I'm, I'm I've lost my mind when I say that I think the Jets are better off with Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think. And you laughing at me. See how you laugh at me? Because he's a. I mean, you're going from a guy who <laughs> five minutes ago, many people were questioning, was he the worst quarterback in football? Uh, to that's, you know, that's people though. Ty, you're going just, from Rodgers to that. Yeah, that's but think laughing. about it, man. What has Green Bay done in the last couple of years? Uh, Green Bay has had great regular season and then flamed out in the playoffs. Okay. Did Green Bay make the playoffs last year? No, they did not. Okay, so I, I mean, was Green Jets, Bay roster was Green Bay roster better than the Jets roster last year? I mean, the the Jets did beat them head to head last year. Right, but who had the better team? I would say Green Bay. Pro- Green Bay had the better team. Uh, yes, they had the better team. Okay, all right. So I I can't be too far off with my with with the way I see this thing, man. Like I I just can't. They beat the, they beat them last year with Zach Wilson. They did. But so, I, I mean, I don't understand why I'm so far off by people. Because people are fanboys is what they are. They don't see things for, the, the you know, the way they are. Yes, yeah, statistically, all this other crap, yeah, cool. All that goes to Rodgers. But in today's game, a 40-year-old quarterback with with without the, the, the type of mobility he needs to get away from pressure, I think your chances are better with the young. No, I understand that part, the athleticism, but there's more to it. And you know this better than anyone, man. Like the intellect stuff can't be, you know, underrated. Like we saw last week at the at the end of the first half, the Jets made a, a mind-boggling mistake 
that had they lost a game, would have gotten them destroyed all week long. Where they, they had no timeouts. There's 14 seconds left on the clock. And in the red zone, in field goal position, yes, you take the chance and you go to the end zone. But Zach somehow dumps it over to, who is it, a Conklin on, on a check down, and they don't get the playoff. So that type of intellect is why we look at this guy and say, like, despite all the progress you've made and your physical abilities, there's still something you're missing from an intellect standpoint. Do you understand how many quarterbacks go out there and play on a week on the weekend, week out basis without without the the, the the football intelligence that's needed and still win games. Do you yeah, understand ha- how many of them do that? But okay, I'm not. So I'm not arguing that there are more people who 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 do that. What I'm saying is when you care, it's, when you compare him to a guy who's literally one of the most savvy when it comes to being at the line of scrimmage where, was. Yeah, he was. Hey, yes, you think he's lost that intellect, football intellect? Like that, you don't lose that with age. I'm sure that if we put you out on the field right now, like whatever we can say about if you're still able to get through holes and score against other defense, you haven't lost your savvy. You haven't lost your ability to read a defense. No, I haven't lost my ability to read a defense. No, that's not. But as, as far as, then let's talk about that position. Say, you know, since you brought that up, and I'm going to explain something to you. Okay. Knowing the scheme as a running back, right? And I'm just talking about my position. Okay. The running back. There's tons of there's tons of running backs out there that we look at as Adrian Peterson. Let's let's take Adrian Peterson for example, right? Adrian Peterson is my favorite running back of mm-hmm. all times. And nobody better. But Adrian Peterson ran a daylight. It took Adrian Peterson probably eight years into his career to learn where his linemen were going. He was running to daylight. He knew where he had to go, and he knew the key block he had to read. But it's probably one guy or two guys on the offensive line where he knew where they were going. Amar Bradshaw came into the league er, like like early on, right? He didn't know where the linemen were going. He was running off of using instincts, which is he had great instincts, right? But the in, but but the intellect wasn't there at you know at that time. But he was making big time plays, you know, and not and not even caring where the guard was going or the tackle was going. That's something he learned with time, right? So there's a lot of great running backs out there who didn't never care to even learn what the scheme was or who who was blocking who. So you could still be successful and and and, and not know. What's really happening around you? You know, because it's ability. But isn't it's, that it's harder ability. to do as a, as a? It's easier to do that as a running back than it is to do that as a quarterback. When you are tasked with controlling the entirety of an offense, I mean, the game is literally in your hands more than anyone else. Okay, so in a situation like this, in a situation like this, you know, like we talked about earlier, you blame the coach and put for for putting Zach Wilson in a situation where he got to read the whole field. Give the man one half of the field, let him read one half of the field, and get the play going. That's what you do when you got a quarterback that don't have the Aaron Rodgers intellect, like you want to call it, right? Given you put him in a situation where he's where he's reading one side of the field, one side of the field isn't open, you run the ball. That's what San Francisco did with Kaepernick. All you know, that mm-hmm. year they put him in a read one side of the field. When he break, you throw the ball. Kaepernick arm was so strong, he didn't have to wait. You know, he wait till the wide receiver gave him his eyes to get to, to throw the ball because his arm was so strong. He didn't have to really put the ball there on a break, 
predicated off the coverage. He didn't have to know that because his arm was so strong. They only gave him one side of the field to, you know, to read. So I, I'm not gonna blame the kid for that. I'm, I'm gonna blame the coaches for, for, for you know, for not putting him in that right, you know, in that position. This all goes back to you saying that you. Th- so you think that Zach Wilson gives the be- the Jets a better chance to win games than Aaron Rodgers would have? How many times have Zach Wilson been running for his life? That, you know, since he's been back there. Oh well, Dallas. He was running for his life. It's gotten it's gotten better since it, the Dallas game, but I mean the line has played better the last couple of weeks. Right. It took Aaron Rodgers four plays. Four. But that's his fault. No, it's not his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault. What I'm saying, not having the ability to elude to elude pressure. Okay, but that's, that's why he's down. Okay, so I get it. You're you're just talking about the advanced age and like you know the physical toll his body has taken and him not being able to be as elusive at age forty as he would have been ten years ago. Four plays into the game. Okay. All right. Four I, plays. I, I just I I just uh, I'm gonna go to my great belief in that had he not gotten hurt, the Jets, I think at at the very least would have been in the NFC Championship well, game. At oh at a year older in the 2024 season. We will see. We will see. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven. Forty one years old. We will see. <laughs> Mrs. in East Windsor. What's up, bitch? How's it going, guys? What's up, man? How you doing? Two to the good. Doing well. Uh, two of the worst quarterbacks. Well, of course, the Dodgers in the USC. Boy, boy, they got slagged back. But I still, I still think uh, Caleb is in the yeah, and he was all, Caleb was Caleb was awful yesterday, man. Like, we didn't even he get was, into that was the his college. Worst game at, that was his worst game at college football, especially college quarterback, especially with my USC. Um, I don't know who's got the worst quarterback to the Giants and the Jets, but I think the Jets have a little bit of chance to win today. Today, and I love to see my Chargers do or die, beat the Cowboys because I, I can't wait to see Trey Lance. I love to see him play. He, he, he had a cup of coffee. <laughs> he got hurt two times. But what do you think about the Chargers beating the Cowboys? Well, I think, I, I think I appreciate the call. I think the Cowboys win this game. I, I don't foresee them going a four-week span where they lose three games. I think they're too good. They're too talented. And they got embarrassed by the Niners last week. That that was a humbling loss because you come into it thinking, like, even if we lose the game, if it's competitive throughout, it's a measuring stick. We know we've, to some degree, closed the gap on a team that's in back-to-back years knocked us out the playoffs. The fact that it was never a game and Dak resorted to his old ways of, you know, here's a defensive back. I think he deserves uh, an interception to pass his stats like that was just awful last week for Dallas awful I cannot see them losing again especially where you know they're going to be a ton of Cowboys fans out in LA I can see them losing again and I hope they lose again (laughs) I hope they get blown out and I hope Dak score I mean I I hope Dak throw like five picks today I hope they go and get blown out I I just do I, I can't stand the Cowboys can't stand the fans I can't stand anything about them, especially the New York, New Jersey Cowboy fans with that aggressive mentality and liking the Cowboys is just so loud and obnoxious. And I, I hope they break their TVs, you know, when it's, you know when this game comes. Oh out. man, were you breaking TVs last week watching the the, the Dolphins beat up on your boys? Or you, you're I not will like never, that? I will never, ever, ever put so much into a team franchise where I'm that mad where I break a TV. It's never gonna happen. Yeah. I got. I got a better chance of breaking the TV playing Madden. I don't even play Madden. <laughs> uh, the reason why I ask is because we do have, like, a, I don't know if you know who Dave Rothenberg is. He's our, mm-hmm. our morning show host of DPH on Rothenberg. 
He is one of those crazed giant fans that allows his emotions to overwhelm him so much where he can sometimes, you know, get into like breaking TVs and, you know, throwing a treadmill out the window. He left his family for a weekend and stayed at a hotel. Like he is that unnerved when the Giants disappoint him. So I wondered if that is the same for former players. Man, absolutely not. Now, when you're on the team, and frustration sets in, throwing your helmet on the, you know, like doing stuff like that, like pissed off to the world. But as a fan sitting and watching the game, when you understand there's ups and downs, <laughs> there's no so reason. So, are do you that. judging Dave? You you think he's he's just he's just a, a nut job? They won one game all year long. Why are you still getting so freaking upset? No, I think he's now reserved and resigned to the fact that they're not. You know, this season is not going to go the way that you know anticipated right like they're, they're, it's going to be a lost year but I'm saying in the past like he's done that <laughs> I am the giant what do you think about people who, who people like him who who get that riled up over a football game man people the older you get you get high blood pressure you know hypertension it ain't worth it, man. <laughs> it ain't me, worth man. it, right? It's not no, worth it. Oh, man, it's not. You know not what I do, man? I, I, I'll just give the silent treatment. I'm not going to get angry and punch walls and do this, but I, I just don't want to talk to, like, you know, wifey trying to have a conversation. Like, oh, what do you think I should make for dinner Thursday? I'm just like, I'm not right now. I, I, I can't get my mind to, to, to wrap around dinner three days from now when the Jets just lost on a 87-yard walk-off touchdown against the Patriots uh, at home or uh, in Foxborough. I, I can't do that. I, I'm more reserved, but I do get mad, too. I, I, don't, I don't start punching things, but I, I don't want to talk to people after a loss. Right. You know, and I and I used to get upset when the Giants play somebody that they supposed to beat. I mean, we came close to winning the game and we didn't win it. I'll be mad then. But after, but after a while, that happens so much. Then You start to then, mature. Yeah. And then we become the team that other teams play that get mad when, because they're supposed to beat us. You know what I mean? So it's like – The get oh, right man. game, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's, I'm never going to get that upset as a fan in my, in, you know, in my, in my post-football uh, uh, career, should I say. That's just – it's never gonna happen, man. I got I, I get now I get angry at high school football games mm. where my son plays in. That's I get angry That's at those. Yeah. Right, right. But if 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 I was watching my son play on T V uh last last Friday night because they played on ESPN, if I was at home watching that game, I probably would have broke the T V. So when you say break, is that like fist straight through the the middle of the TV, no, or are you like no, pounding like, something through? No, no, like pulling the whole mount bracket off the wall, Ooh. like 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 you know, something like that, where you seeing the insulation inside. Like, oh, okay. All the wires from the you know, all that like that. I get that, and I respect <laughs> it more because I always felt like it was it was lunacy, like punching walls. So now you're you're so angry, you, you've got a broken wrist. That doesn't make any sense. Nah, I'm I'm using my my power. I'm not punching anything. But I was at the game, so I didn't have to watch it on TV. So how's the son doing, man? My son is doing phenomenal. He is doing phenomenal. We lost the game on Friday. It was number five in the country and number one in the state. They lost, and I'm happy about it because all the pressure is now off of them. They could just go out and be kids and play football. But my kid is the best offensive tackle in the country. Ooh, lineman. Hands down. And, and yes, he's the best offensive tackle in his class. There's nobody better than him. 
So Nobody. What, so pass blocking, you know, run blocking, everything. everything. He's got the total everything. package. He's a, yes. he's a big kid. Yep, he's six seven, three hundred and fifteen, twenty pounds. So How old that. is he? He's sixteen. Damn, man. My boy is a beast. He's and a he, truck. He he's he's he stood up time in time out against four four star and five star talent where they don't come close to the quarterback. Nah, I love yo. Is it true the the story? Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard stories that. <laughs> it just sounds made up, and I almost feel embarrassed saying it. That some offensive lineman will, like, you know, go to bathroom on themselves just to make it nasty in the trenches. Is that true? Heck no, that is not true. <laughs> Someone put that my out boys, there before. My boys didn't do that. My linemen boys went to the bathroom. Have you so, ever or, or, have you ever heard of that though? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. I've heard of people saying it, but I've never really experienced. There's been plenty of times where guys got a towel wrapped around them on the sideline, peeing in a Gatorade bottle, <laughs> like that, like like you know, because well, in our stadium in MetLife, when they put the bathrooms right behind us, the, when, when they put the locker room right behind the bench, that was a little door you can go in to go to the locker room. Guys started doing that. I ain't never, I, I've never heard, I've, I've heard of people doing that. I've never experienced anything like that. I might have, might have a few guys. I probably did it. I probably could name a, name a guy name who's it. done it. Let's hear it. <laughs> That's probably something Rich Sorbert probably would have done. Oh, Rich, you nasty. You know? Come on, Rich. Man, yeah, it's probably something he would have done. T- but you I think just, Tiki was doing that? Hell no. Tiki wasn't doing nothing like that. Tiki was too pretty to do something like that. <laughs> How was Tiki as a teammate? Tiki was awesome, man. He was an awesome guy to be, to be on the tell, tell, you know, learn from. You know, kind of taught you how to be a pro. Um, you know, it was great. He'd been around like his last year in the league, you know, was you know, was his tenth year. It was my second year. So he had already been through so much negativity and, and positivity. He was able to give me some nuggets, you know, from both sides of the spectrum, man. So Tiki, you know, you know, Tiki was a great teammate. Who was man. better on the field though? You or Tiki? Tiki was better than me on the oh, field, come man. Come on. I'm not gonna sit and be so shallow and say something <laughs> so stupid when the man is rushed he speed this last season his 10th year he rushed for 1800 yards man and he, he walked away with his last season rushing for 1800 yards man i have 5000 yards he have, he rushed for 10000 i can't say i was better than him on the field i have more touchdowns than him you know talk to him I, yeah Flash but that. Uh, but other than that, though, like the man was way more productive than what I was on the field. I, I mean, does I, it? Do you think it it hurts a little bit, like retiring? Like that's I don't want to say the wrong time to retire because you retire when you think it's best for you. Uh, but the season before your Giants do what they did in '07, like that's that's got to sit with him, right? I think it sits with him because he's a competitor, and that's something that he wanted to have an opportunity to be a part of. Um, but you know, I, I don't think he regrets it. Because if I if I know Tiki like I know him, I don't think he regrets it because he went on to do some great things, you know. So I don't think he is is a regret of his more than being happy for the team. All right, quick check on the NFL scoreboard. Kyle Pitts catches a touchdown pass from Desmond Ritter after the Commanders went up three nothing. So it's now seven to three. Falcons out in Atlanta. Meanwhile, the Vikings got a field goal in Chicago against the Bears. They're up three nothing. It's a seven seven game in Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd just scored a touchdown after Kenneth Walker III rushed for one, so it's 7-7 in Cincy. Meanwhile, Christian McCaffrey once again scoring a touchdown. This one a receiving touchdown. So the Niners are up 7-0 on Cleveland. Panthers up 7-0 on the Dolphins, who are without A-Chan, headed to the uh, 
IR. So he's going to be out for at least the next four weeks. And Gardner Minshew, starting in place of Anthony Richardson, has the Colts up 3-0 on the Jags. Texans, 7-0 lead over the Saints. C.J. Stroud has been pretty awesome to start the season. First time, though, in his career, he's thrown an interception. uh, But he's got one touchdown pass and 65 yards to go along with that pick. Texans up 7-0 in New Orleans. 800-919-3776. Still a lot to do. We'll get back to the Jets and Giants, play some in or out with our producers. Whole lot cooking as we march toward 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacob show on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to decide. Are you in or are you out? Oh, let's do it, y'all. You know, we like to do this segment called In or Out where our producers throw some statements at us and yours truly and Brandon Jacobs will tell you whether we are in or out on said statement. We will alternate who goes first. So let's go with... How about Harvey Cruz? Because we're used to Tom starting it off. Let's see if Harvey's got it in him to kick this segment off right. Wearing the Giants gear. I posted him on my... Yo, by the way, Brandon, I posted Harvey on my Instagram last week. Had some some ladies hopping in the DMs telling me that they, they want a piece of him. Uh-oh. So, you know, uh-oh. might, might, have, to line, uh-oh. might uh-oh. have to line right. that up I heard nothing back. I heard nothing back, so uh-oh is right. <laughs> I didn't get anything back. <laughs> Might have to line that up for him. Harvey's single, ready to mingle, man. He's a young oh, kid in New York man. City. Just trying to get to the top of the charts. What's up, Harvey? What you got for us? Look, day by day. Look, all right, here we'll start with this. Lions take on the Bucks later today, 425 in Tampa. It's not a bad game. Lions are 4-1. They're running away with the NFC North. Lions after this weekend have the Bucks, Vegas. They got the Chargers. They also play the Bears twice, Vikings twice. And everybody's high on them. How high are we on the Lions? Are we in or out on the Lions rolling through their schedule and becoming the two seed in the NFC? Ooh, I am out on. So let me look at their schedule again because you just gave it to us. They, you know, the division games I'm not worried about. But as far as the rest of the slate, uh, so they've got the Ravens next week. Uh, after the Bucks, they play today. They've got the Raiders. They got the Chargers and the division games against the Pack. So it's a pretty light schedule for D- Detroit. They got the Cowboys later in the season. I'm out on them being the two seed just because I, I think San Francisco and Philly are better. Now I know both of those teams have tough schedules. I gave you what Philly's going to have to go through to you know get to the end of the season, where they play all these. They play pretty much the best teams in football the rest of the way. You got the Bills. They got the Dolphins. They obviously play the Niners. They play the Cowboys again. They play the Chiefs. So it's going to be tough. But I'm out on Detroit being the two seed. No, I, I still think San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas will be better than them at the end of the season. Uh, I'm out on them having the two seed. However, your last remark, Ty, I, I'm not buying that. The Cowboys will not be better than the Lions at, at, toward the end of the season. I do see them with the you know with the with the three C behind the Eagles and uh, San Francisco, but I, I, I the two C now I'm out on that. Yeah, out. What do you got, Tom? All right. So to paraphrase Russell Wilson, Broncos country ain't riding anything. So given their <laughs> heightened expectation with Sean Payton being brought in and their immediate failure failures that they've faced so far, they're they've only got one win on the year. They're a laughing stock at this rate. 
in or out, Sean Payton will last two seasons or less in Denver. Mm, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. I think Sean Payton, you know, from what he retired from, you know, having Drew Brees and, and, you know, having the success he had, I don't think I don't think he want to come in and uh, and have to try to rebuild that 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 team. I don't know if he thought last year was a fluke on it, but I'm definitely out on him. I mean, I'm definitely in on him being done in two years. I'm out on him being done in two years just because the massive contract he got. What was it? Eighteen million dollars a year. Uh, it's amazing. He could earn up to a hundred million dollars in this contract in five years. It's amazing that a guy who said he watched one of the worst coaching performances in NFL history last year is now worse this season because they don't look better um, under Peyton than they looked under Hackett. They, in fact, look worse. At least they had a, a top-seven defense. Coming into last week against the Chiefs, they had one of the worst defenses in NFL history. And outside of their one win against the Bears when they were down 21 in that game, they, they, they've looked awful this year. They're 1-5. It's their worst start since 94. The Chiefs, who beat them this past week, faced them again next week. And the Chiefs have beaten them 16 straight games. Mahomes has never lost to them. Uh, Peyton did something ridiculous. Like He called a timeout at the end of the uh, first half on fourth down, and it helped the Chiefs get a field goal. So it looks like, looks like he's in over his head. I'm laughing at him because he had all that to say before the season, and it's now blowing up in his face. I just don't think because of the contract he will be there for shorter than few, uh, shorter than two, year, two years. But it does look like Peyton is one of the biggest flops, one of the biggest losers so far this year. Next. All right, let's have some fun with this one here. The Raiders play the Patriots today. For some reason, people are going to watch this game. I'm just going to lay it out straight out in front. Mac Jones has been benched before. It's not looking good for Josh McDaniels. Are we in or out on these two things happening? Are we in or out on Mac Jones being benched again before the end of the season and Josh McDaniels losing his job before the end of the season? I'm in on Mac Jones being benched again before the end of the season because I think he's not a very good quarterback and the Patriots will be in the market for one via the draft. I'm out on McDaniels being fired in the season. I like the Raiders to me have just been confusing about the type of direction they they were going in. Like I still don't understand moving on from Derek Carr. Mm. Like he's he is he one of the best quarterbacks in football? No, but he was at least someone who every single year you know gave you a chance to win football games. The problem with the Raiders was just that their defense was bad, and now you brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, who's always hurt, and you're expecting to be better. So I, I, I the, the the direction that this team has gone in was all it was just made no sense to me. But I I don't think he's going to get fired in the middle of the season. So I'm I'm in on Mac Jones being benched. I'm out on uh, Josh McDaniels being fired, who who did in 2022 get a four-year deal worth 10 million a season. Well, I gotta agree with Ty here. Um, you know, Mac Jones has been he's been walking back and forth to the bench for the last two years. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely I'm definitely in on him being benched not one more time or a couple more times before the season ends. But out on Josh McDaniels losing his job. Uh, I, I, I think the things that the Raiders got going on is more 
uh, administrative than anything. And, you know, like Ty said about moving on from Derek Carr for what reason to bring in, Jim, Jim, you know, you know Jimmy Garoppolo who 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 is like I say always hurt, and when he's playing, he makes some of the worst decisions yes. as a quarterback that I've seen. So, um, with that being said, I gotta agree with Ty here. In on Mac Jones being benched and out on Josh McDaniel losing his job. Next. All right, guys. The tush push. The brotherly shove. Whatever you want to call it. It's been a play that's been under scrutiny since the Eagles made that famous last season. And from the looks of it, teams are going to do whatever it takes to try and get this play banned. Even Jason Kelsey, who is part of that like really good tush push um, with the Eagles on the new Heights pod. He even said that he believes players will fake injuries on the play so that it gets blocked by the rule book in the future. So in or out, the tush push gets banned by next season. I'm out on this. I Look, oh, my bad. Brandon's supposed to go first. There you go, Brandon. Yes, I, I'm out on this. This is a quarterback sneak, man. Come on, let's just be real. You just got a quarterback with that bench. I mean, that squat 600 pounds doing it. <laughs> That's it. It's, 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 it they're, they're not doing anything that, that hadn't been done over the, the last 20 years of football. They're not the first people who started doing that. You know, it's it just not. I mean, it's a quarterback sneak. We need to get past this and move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm out with, on that. I, I'm with you. I think it's it's corny. Like, it's worked to such a success that you're now looking to ban it. And I, I it was the same thing I thought, you know, when, you know, other teams are trying this. Why, why, why aren't other teams as successful? Well, other teams don't have a quarterback capable of pension of 600 pounds like Jalen Hurts, who is one of the most physically gifted I would say quarterbacks in all of football with where what he's able to do on the field. So I'm out on them, you know, ruling this to be illegal and something you can't do in the future. Got to find a way to stop it. Get Gotta in the f- weight room. Get, get in the weight room. Get in the weight room, like BJ said. 800-919-3776. Continue and take your phone calls on the Jets and the Giants. Quick scoring updates. The Commanders <laughs> just got a touchdown. Sam Howell throws one. And they take a 10-7 to lead on the Falcons. It looks like uh, Antonio Gibson was the recipient of that touchdown. So they're up by three points. Bears nodded at three with the Vikings, 3-3. You've got the Bengals once again scoring a touchdown. They're up 14-7 to on the Seahawks. Niners still up 7-0 on the Browns. What's happening in Miami? Carolina, 0-5 coming into this game. Bryce Young. Didn't look great. We're seeing some dissension. Frank Wright, maybe not, you know, wasn't on board with taking Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. He wanted Stroud, some people are assuming. But they're up 14-0 right now on the Dolphins. Meanwhile, the Colts just keep turning the ball over after a fumble led to a touchdown for Jacksonville. It looked like uh, Gardner Minshew had thrown an interception, but that got overturned. But right now they are forced to punt. They are down 14-3, to the Colts are, in Jacksonville. Meanwhile, the Saints have nodded things up at 7. Derek Carr throws a touchdown pass, so it's Houston, New Orleans, 7-7. We get back. We'll continue to take your phone calls and go around the league. Still a whole lot to get to. There's some things that happen in college football that I want to get Brandon Jacobs' take on. So we'll do that when we come back right here on 90. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs with you right here on 98.7 ESPN going until 2.30. Football, NFL predominantly on the program, but Brandon, I did want to get your take on what happened Friday night. I don't know if you got a chance to see Colorado 
you know, suffering its worst loss in program history. They were up 29-0 at half, man, and lost that game in double overtime. Their defense got cooked. It was just an embarrassing effort of sorts in that second half for the Buffaloes, who now fall to 4-3 and three on the season. Well, I mean, people, I, like obviously Colorado's under a microscope because of Deion Sanders. Um, and my opinion on that is just college football. You know, the guy took over a program that was 1-11 last year, 2-9, and nine, I think, the year before. Um, it wasn't a very good program, right? So he's accomplished some things this year that they haven't seen in a long time. Financially, uh you know, as far as play, giving the fans something to watch. Uh, but Friday night, you know, tw- coming up to be down, I mean, to be up 29-0 against a team like Stanford, yeah. who hasn't been strong in, in college football in, in some years now. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, I think they might have took their foot off the gas a little bit to cruise in because they had just lost the, the last two weeks. So they probably wanted to get in a situation to try to secure the win. Um uh, you know, but it didn't happen, and it was it was kind of bad to see defense on tackling. Uh, just could they couldn't get to the passer in the second half. It, it just it, it it didn't look great, man. But I, I, I but I you know but I still think you know within this you know, the rest of this year and then next year I, I think Colorado will be a special football team. I, here's my opinion. I don't think Dion stays after next year. Oh, you think he's he's dipping for a more high profile job? No, I don't think he's dipping for a more high pro, high, high profile coaching job. I think <laughs> I think he wanted to see Shador through, mm-hmm. and who's going who, who's already eligible for you know you know yep. for the draft. But he got the number one player in the world to commit to decommit from Florida State to come to Jackson State. So I think he looks at Travis kind of like his kid as well. So Travis will be eligible for the NFL. Travis will be eligible for the NFL draft after next season, and I think Prime coaches the rest of this season, obviously, and then next season while Shador is going to be a senior, Travis is going to be a junior. He'll be three years out. He'll be eligible for the draft, and I think Deion Sanders goes back to the NFL Network doing what he was doing before. So penalties crushed him in that game. 17 penalties for 127 yards. We've seen that happen before to Colorado. Their defense allowed eight straight scoring drives in the second half. And, you know, speaking of Travis Hunter, he made his return after, you know, being diagnosed with a lacerated liver, and he played pretty well in that game. But that kid, Alec, uh, what's his name, A.O. Mayner, dominated him. 13 catches, a school record, 294 yards and three touchdowns. So Colorado suffering a loss. Uh, remember last week they, they lost in overtime to Stanford. I mean, I'm sorry, uh Two weeks ago, they lost to uh, USC. Last week, they beat Arizona State, and this Friday night, they lost all right, the time right. to Stanford. So the, coming up next, they got the bye before they play 18th-ranked UCLA. 800-919-3776. We'll return to get to your phone calls here in a moment, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Jack Harlow on the program. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going into a 2 And let me ask you this, uh, Brandon. A lot of chatter this week about Bill Belichick maybe on his way out of, of New England just because the Patriots, not only do they stink, but they've significantly regressed. And part of it is their inability to draft. And, you know, Bill Belichick is the one uh, you know, on top of those things. I, I just think that, like, I understand being critical of Bill 
and it has not been great what's going on in New England. But there's been like this revisionist history on his head coaching career that I find to be insane. It's like, well, you know, once he doesn't have Brady, maybe he's not all that good. As if the, the, the first Super Bowl he won, that wasn't Tom Brady the GOAT. That was Tom Brady the passenger. And by the way, the last Super Bowl they won, and what was that, 2017, mm-hmm. beating the Rams. Remember the final score of that game? 13-3. to Brady wasn't awesome. That defense held a high-octane Rams team to three points. So, like, pretending, like, obviously when you lose Brady and you go from him to Mac Jones, there's going to be a significant drop-off. And Brady had a lot to do with their success. But acting like Bill Belichick is just some run-in-the-mill head coach is just insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing things, you know, for the last few years about, you know, the Patriots are. The, the Tom, Tom Brady was the New England Patriots once he left. See, well, see why people talk about it. If Tom wouldn't have left and went to Tampa and got him a Super Bowl, we wouldn't, hear, we wouldn't be hearing any of this stuff right now, right? But, the, just, but because he did... Now people start to get in a in a casual minds mm-hmm. that 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 Tom Brady was the only reason why New England was a, a, a dynasty because he left and won one. You know, you've even heard players that played there say that Tom Brady was the, was the reason for the success. Now those things can come first from you know from certain reasons that you know. That, you know that they didn't get along with the coach, or they didn't like the coach from whatever it is, and now they're speaking their mind on, for whatever reason. But now nah, I will never discredit uh, Bill Belichick's uh, career and everything he's accomplished. I would never discredit him and, and just say he was only successful because of Tom Brady. I, I, I just think that's that's absurd for anyone to believe that. By the way, did you hear on Thursday Night Football, Broncos Chief Steve Smith on the NFL Network called out Jerry Judy. Here's the audio. On my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. And so when I saw him, I wanted to say to him face to face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, I don't mess with you. And it was a it was a curse word. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you use a first round pick on. And I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they draft you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on and when teams call me and asking should they trade for you I will say no don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically can he be a wide receiver he could be a wide receiver he's a tier three wow. go back into the studio I'm done now wow Brandon a lot of smoke for Jerry Judy Damn, he let that he let that gun ring off just now yeah he just he just put he just put the clip in and just let the drum go. <laughs> Your thoughts on but, that? But, but but see, Steve Smith is that kind of he, he's that guy, man. Like <laughs> he can always speak his mind on on what he believes. You know, he wanted to approach Jerry Judy and let him know, hey man, listen, some of the stuff I said, you know, trying to be on the nicer side. 
you know, and, and Jerry Judy obviously didn't respect anything Steve Smith said about him, so that was his reaction. So now Steve fires back because now I'm trying to apologize to you and let you know I shouldn't have said that. Now here you are reacting like this for constructive criticism from a guy who's done it for years and only, you know, now this is how you react. Well, okay, here's how I really feel. And he let him have it. Hey, man. Guys have personal issues. You know, some people in the media create these issues uh, among each other. Um, hey, man, I just want to see. Now let's see how Jerry Judy responds to this type of uh, 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 lashing. Let, you know, let's see what he do. Let's see if he's out to show Steve Smith that he's, that he's better than what he think he is. Well, Thursday night, he wasn't because uh, Jerry Judy was held to three receptions for 14 yards and was not at all a difference maker for a Broncos team that put up just eight points. So he'll have to you know, spend the rest of the season trying to make uh, Steve Smith look like he was incorrect about his assessment. 800-919-3776. When we get back, we'll wrap the show. Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN.